Julia, have you ever woken up in a bed full of milk duds? No, but you know, there's still time, Nicole, before Halloween. <laughs> yeah. It's episode four of Disengaging, recapping our favorite parts of season three of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm Julia Ritchie, a journalist in Nashville, home of one of the uh, Dirks Bentley Whiskey Rose. <laughs> I'm Nicole Nixon, a journalist in Sacramento, which is home to really bad sports teams. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the Kings. <laughs> so uh, let's get to it. Uh, we open on night three in Scottsdale, and I was thinking three nights in Scottsdale sounds like a uh, Jordan Peele movie, like a horror movie. It's like, because Scottsdale's like super white, right? It's like a mm-hmm. very like. It's like Get Out, but like in the West. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so three nights in Scottsdale. So ter- terrifying. The weather is terrible, inexplicably. Um, and there's not a lot of activity. I want to bring up, because this got cut from our last episode, that I do believe that the Real Housewives universe takes place inside a convalescence nursing home kind of center because everything takes place between group dinners and group communal meals. Mm-hmm. And then all of the things that they do together during the day, like the daytime activities or things like, you know, pedal taverns and adult puzzles. <laughs> and today's uh, episode was a twerking class with someone named Crystal Pussy. So I just, <laughs> it's like a really weird kind of like adult nursing home yeah and they need those activities to like break the tension but when you're reined in there's not a lot of things to do to break that tension so they all just sit around tables with or without food and just like yell at each other so much fun and we did want to bring up food this episode uh i find myself starving when i'm watching this show like all i want to do is like shove like milk duds <laughs> yeah. and like taco bell oh, yeah. and like things i never <laughs> normally eat like pringles like i'm like where where can i get a can of pringles like i love i don't pringles. know what it is about the show it's like junk food for my brain makes me want to eat mm-hmm. junk food i feel that i don't even like diet coke and every time lisa's like can i get a diet coke i'm like a diet coke maybe i could go for that right now even though i yeah, don't even so like di- it so in this episode lisa is holding a diet coke can uh, as she's about to go to bed after they've accused her of <laughs> trading sexual favors for jazz tickets. And then later we have the milk duds in bed Heather scene, which is hilarious, like classic Heather moment. Um, mm-hmm. And then Lisa says that she slept really well after eating a burrito and Kit Kats. Relatable. And then Heather, yeah. And then Heather makes this breakfast spread. At like 2 p.m. Though I noticed that her hash browns were, like, not even crispy, like, not even brown, how they're supposed to be. And I was kind of disappointed. They're, like, they looked really wet in a bad way. Yeah, mushy is the word. And I I said, don't Utahns know how to make potatoes crispy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Isn't that the one thing you guys are, like, known for, crispy potatoes? Am I Should be. That should be the case. Nope, you're right. Love a good funeral potato. I can make you funeral potatoes at some time next time we get together if you'd like. Because even I know know, how to do that. You know, I don't think I ever had funeral potatoes when I lived in Salt Lake. And I feel like it was a missed missed opportunity for me. (laughs) I've only Um, made them a couple times. But mom's recipe is 
100. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. No, I want to I, I want to try your mom's funeral potatoes. Um, I feel like if we don't talk about funeral potatoes at one point on this podcast, are it's we true. even talking about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Um, the major drama of this episode takes place not between Lisa and all of her accusers or Jen and all of her accusers, um, but between Heather and Whitney. So... Should we talk about why things take a turn? Obviously, like there there are some serious things going on for uh, Whitney mm-hmm. that we mentioned. We don't want to go too far into, um, but beyond that, it's just like Heather and Whitney have been very close on this show, and now whether this is real or not, they they seem to have taken sort of a a hard left turn in their relationship where yeah I guess Heather is less sympathetic to Whitney and what Whitney's going through but also Whitney is is not taking total um responsibility for some of the things that she says when she's drinking a lot Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's really weird and confusing to watch because it's I'm just like why is Whitney clamped onto this like Thing that really doesn't matter it's just a rumor and heather's denying it and lisa's denying it and so why can't you just be like whatever and drop it and if it really bothers you like go back to angie but like she's letting it ruin her trip and she's like letting it bring up all this like trauma that she's processing internally and just like i guess scapegoating yeah. it so onto it's like this she's getting it all of her signals are getting crossed so like meredith like you think Mm -hmm. you said this before but meredith has clearly gone to therapy and so there's this one point during in the later in the episode when they're at derek's bentley with his whiskey rope please sponsor us derek's um where she like leans over to whitney and is like what you're feeling is valid but you have to express that what you're feeling are just feelings and whether or not she's basically like telling Whitney how to to tell Heather what's wrong and it was like Mm -hmm. a very I was like man Meredith is like the MVP of this the show this (laughs) it's crazy after all the drama although we thought in the first couple episodes Meredith would be like the ice queen villain but she really is like she takes care of everybody and I appreciate that yeah I also think she seems like she's enjoying herself a lot more this season Mm -hmm. just because she's not at the center of yeah. a rumor, as all the other ones are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's the, the best place to be in the Real Housewives like orbit, is like kind of on the periphery of drama, uh-huh. <laughs> looking Just in. Just having a good time. What the f***? <laughs> I didn't realize it, because I just walked through it last night. I fell asleep in a pile of milk duds and... <laughs> That was how that night ended. <laughs> so we need to talk about Jen and her trial because she departs f- early from Scottsdale to go to do a mock trial. And I have a confession. I was in mock trial in high school. <gasps> oh, I was, I pl- Bill. I, <laughs> So you know what mock trial is? Obviously, it's just like you pretend to be lawyers and witnesses, and so and you compete against other high schools. It's like debate team. It's super nerdy. I wish my high school did that. 
we got our asses whooped by this one high school that was so good. But I got an award for best witness because I played a psychiatrist oh. who was like diagnosing like uh, I think someone's like alcoholism as like a contributing factor to like a car accident or whatever our fake trial was. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Jen is going to go do the same <laughs> thing in New York to try and get her story straight well um, it apparently so. didn't go so well for her because she was yeah. like got up and stormed out twice she's said a couple times with her lawyers so i think one of the best lines which i hope we can play is that that her her attorney told her not to get any more botox before her trial i'm like what she goes, when we were talking earlier, you were talking about something very emotional and you're crying, but your face isn't moving. Oh. I need your face to move. <laughs> Can you think of a more like iconic Real Housewives <laughs> line? Like my trial lawyer told me not to get any more Botox <laughs> so that I'm more sympathetic. Yeah. So after Jen leaves, we get the first real group hug that I think I've seen on this show. A very tender moment. Yeah. Like, Meredith, the camera like almost missed it, but like clocked Meredith and um, Lisa having this very mm-hmm. like tight touching. It looked like they were putting some mm-hmm. shit behind them. And then Meredith had a group hug with Heather and Whitney, which seemed a little awkward mm-hmm. given the night before, but still I very like touching. I like moments like that because it, it shows you like there, there are some real things in here. And I, I think the fact that they, they are so supportive of Jen is is actually kind of sweet even though we are mm-hmm. probably going to see Jen do some time for her financial crimes mm-hmm. um which we'll also get to in a minute but uh-huh. let's talk about whiskey row yeah okay I did not know what whiskey row is and apparently it's a big deal so can you please enlighten me yes about whiskey bro. this is the journalist in me i went down this like rabbit hole mid-episode where i was like i i know that there's a dirk bentley is a country music artist and his big heyday was kind of like the late aughts uh with like songs like drunk on a plane and woman amen and all these like country music kind of like classic country songs anyways so he opened this bar in scottsdale yeah he opened the bar in scottsdale which is like one of those three-story like mega bars um and then he opened like three more including one in on broadway in nashville which is like the big party strip where they have all the pedal taverns and stuff anyways <laughs> the state just fined whiskey row in nashville like thirty thousand dollars because they hired unlicensed um bouncers at the door and they stabbed a guy to death, to death? yeah like they the bouncers at whiskey row oh killed the guy oh my god um, and then they got in trouble because they weren't like supposed to be doing that at like, well, you shouldn't no. kill anyone. Let's, let's make that clear. Especially to get into a bar. Disengaging podcast does not <laughs> condone. Yeah. Any bar fights. Bouncer or stabbing. Bar deaths or anything like Anyway, so when they showed up at Whiskey Row in Scottsdale, I had a moment where I was like, woo. <laughs> but then it looked very empty and, and not rowdy mm-hmm. at all. So apparently a little bit different scene at the Whiskey Row in Scottsdale versus Nashville. I didn't know bouncers had to be licensed, and that Mm. is a FOIA request that I would love to make someday. (laughs) Yeah, see? (laughs) Story ideas from the Real Housewives. So they uh they they are they're very hangry we've decided because they start getting in a fight before the appetizers even get Yeah, to the table. Whitney and Heather start kind of going at it and Whitney's like I'm going through so much trauma and you haven't supported me, which is 
I will say true. At least on camera, we have not seen Heather, like, embrace Whitney and be supportive in any way, right? I mean, some... Did I miss that? I don't think she has been as sympathetic as the other women when Whitney started opening up about what she was going through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that... It, but they didn't have a lot of time given, like, you know, all the stuff going on. Also, we don't... But we it, don't so it quickly devolved. So it is a little surprising to me that they didn't, like, have a heart-to-heart that night or anything like that. And then, again, like, there's a lot going on in this house. Do you think, um, is Heather, because she's like, she's got the oldest sister and she got cast out from her family and she's kind of like had to make it on her own since her divorce. Like, do you think she's just a little like hardened by life in a way that Whitney is like clearly not? And so there's this like, you need to suck it up buttercup sort of vibe coming from Heather about like not making yourself the center of the universe and mm-hmm. like, ugh. We yeah. About this again. Well- but obviously like what Whitney's going through is serious and should be. Like, people should be considerate of that yeah. when... Yeah, you um, might be right. I mean, and I think if that is the case, it it showed at the Whiskey Row when... Mm-hmm. You know, Heather did say some pretty insensitive things, and even Lisa was like, oh, Heather yeah, was not like, being insensitive in that moment, but... Well, yeah, when, when, <laughs> when Heather's like, what, you didn't like that I didn't support you for when you said that Lisa was giving... <laughs> jobs for jazz courtside tickets and lisa's like hello hello i'm sitting here i can cry too but not move my face because i also have botox in it it's all so messy and then they were hangry because they quickly all shut up and started shoveling food the second their food arrived which all very very relatable i have so been there uh let me ask you about this expression that um heather drops on whitney when she's like telling her basically mm-hmm. like just stop she says you're up a river with no paddle is that a utah expression <laughs> i don't recall ever hearing that but it does sound like something like every one of my grandpas would say so mm. yes it does have an old 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 tiny old prospector <laughs> old like we're gonna find silver in the comstock load kind of thing yeah yeah it does seem very utah but um, I don't know if if anybody else has heard this, Utah or not, please let us know. Yeah, send us your Utah expressions and your funeral potato recipes. <laughs> no, don't so, send us. We don't need your funeral potato recipes. Yeah, well, appara- apparently hers is perfect. <laughs> we end this episode with the ladies in these like oranges, the new black PJ sets, discussing. <laughs> Jen's upcoming trial which we later learn has been uh moved to July but in this episode it's literally a month away mm-hmm. um and we get an amazing sort of like analysis by Meredith I love it oh I was so there for that Meredith just schooling everyone and I it made me think of when all of this was first going down and they were on the bus and Meredith was not there but Whitney was mm. And some of the women were surprised about how much Whitney knew about, like, legal processes. But she And she knew a lot about direct marketing because I believe some of her <laughs> own businesses probably done are... probably Yeah. But this time, Meredith was here to drop the knowledge and Whitney was the one asking her questions. And apparently Meredith went to law school. Right. That, I didn't know that. That was in season one, I think. I think they actually brought that up, is that Meredith used to mm. be 
a lawyer, at least went to law school, and she is serving like law and order, ching ching, like that. Little, like, mm-hmm. And I was like, we really need to give Meredith her own courtroom spinoff where she like judges. Like, judge, I would judge, judge, judge Meredith. Yeah, yeah, I, she should take over for Judge Judy. I think so. I think she's got the. My favorite part was when they're like. Stu would never turn on her and then they do all these flashbacks to Jin's assistant Stu and all the times they shared together and then oh, Meredith's like oh no honey he's definitely not on her side anymore I it's funny you mention that because I was watching those flashbacks and like kind of cringing but then I remembered this moment's always stuck out to me I think in season one when she was like snowshoeing with Stu and she like this is Jen was like talking about how nice of a person she is because she provides she employs him basically and so his family has food to eat like she was like holding the fact that she employs him and like pays him like over his head in a very weird way I don't think she meant it to be manipulative but it sounded like that it always grossed me out it's all clearly stuck with me So, yes, of course he's going to turn on her. I have no opinion on Stu, and especially now that he's facing jail time. Like, I I genuinely, like, don't have any, like, ill will toward the man. But, yeah, I, was, I did have a – I was like, this relationship is kind of unusual. And I think it, it's a good segue to the BravoCon drama. So, BravoCon was going on this week. Yeah. Which, you know, if we could get media passes next year, Nicole, like – I feel like oh my we, god! So we need everyone that's listening like right now to like rate and subscribe <laughs> and like because we gotta get some media passes to BravoCon next year. Yeah. But one of the major dramas yes. at BravoCon this year, so that's where they have all of the franchises kind of convene, and Andy Cohen does sort of like watch what happens live, live uh, with all of these women. Um, mm-hmm. Is Jin Shah was not invited apparently, but she showed up to one of the after parties. And then when someone called her out on it, she tweeted, you know, I am the party and the life of the party. And like, of course, I was invited and like all you guys <laughs> spreading rumors. But then Andy Cohen, I think, confirmed that after she pled guilty, because now we know that she has switched her plea to guilty, that that ended her her contract with Bravo. Is that real? That's what I read. But I I don't do any fact checking for this show so <laughs> that's an important thing that's an important disclosure i should I make. mean look if we could truly <laughs> fact check by getting a copy of like their contracts that would be like yeah just send us your ndas <laughs> <laughs> um that's crazy though it was very bizarre because then this like fight broke out in one of the instagrams of the bravo like fan accounts over whether it was a double standard to give Jen the boot and not Teresa Judas, who also pled guilty for aiding her husband and signing um, some of those like fake. Fa- he he filed for bankruptcy mm. in the Real Housewives of New Jersey, and it was fraudulent. And she co-signed Is it. Is she white? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and well. they both went to jail. And so then the so the reason people said that it was different, which I hate when people do this, where they like try to like parse who's mm-hmm. who's the real innocent, is that. Teresa didn't know what, what she was doing. She didn't perpetrate the crime. It was her husband. Mm. <laughs> so it was just like one of those like really yeah. dumb like <laughs> debates about like Teresa. Teresa is way different mm-hmm. than what Jen did by scamming people. And I'm like, I'm not saying I just think when you start making those types of like 
arguments. It's just a yeah. It, no one wins. Very <laughs> weird of Bravo to be like the moral judge of like which crime is less severe than another. But I can't crime. imagine them kicking her off the show. And this is me being a gin apologist again. <laughs> she kind of is like the most like she brings the fun. She brings the drama. Like she is- she brings the party drama. She brings like the interpersonal drama. Now she brings the legal drama. She brings the fabulous outfits. Like, love or I hate Jen, she is a very integral part of the Salt Lake City franchise. And I think it would suffer if she wasn't involved. I I see it as a similar arc with, like, they have to cast her out right now. And and maybe they should because we shouldn't be condoning (laughs) any crime on any show. Um, mm-hmm. But like Teresa, she'll have her like redemption arc. Maybe, who knows though? That's wildly mm-hmm. speculative. I mean, look, I said it before, but she has a lot of restitution, <laughs> and she's got to get that money somehow. <laughs> and we've got to get BravoCon so. passes next year. So yes, uh, next week we're gonna find out what Angie Harrington did to Lisa besides accuse her of stealing her caterer in season two <laughs> and a lot more. I'm really and spreading a rumor yes. about blowies for jazz tickets. Exactly. So it's going to be good. This episode of disengaging is produced by me, Julia Ritchie in Nashville, Tennessee and me, Nicole Nixon in Sacramento, California. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. And do not forget to find us and rate us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and help us build our following so that we can get those BravoCon media passes next year. Meredith did a group hug with Lisa and Whitney, which with, and then Lee, Jesus. <laughs> I know. And, <laughs> and then Meredith had straight. a group. <laughs> you're like, you're like, Whitney, Journey over to here. Whitney. Yeah. I like can't keep my details straight.